Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in to Brown's Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, writer over at the OBR, coming at you guys um, on a Sunday. Ironically enough, the day I typically start your weeks out um, with with some sort of news or or um, evaluation of what has happened. We get that same thing again as the Browns decided today to introduce Kevin Stefanski as the head coach. Some of us were uncertain what direction this whole process was going to be going. It seems as though there was some sort of uh, struggle that happened with the front office um, in terms of coming to the decision of which direction they wanted to go and how much power they wanted to give up and what alignment they wanted to have. We'll get into all of that. But the important thing to know, Kevin Stefanski, 37-year-old man, uh, offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, will be your 18th head coach of the Cleveland Browns. So we spend a little time talking about Stefanski um, and looking at who he has been as a coach. He um, obviously, if you've if paid any attention, you know he's an Ivy League graduate. Went to uh, went to Penn and graduated from there in 2005. Was a freshman of the year uh, in the um, for, for his uh, football team in 2000. As part of the only undefeated Penn team in the last decade in the uh, in an Ivy League all Ivy League selection, I believe uh, he was twice. So he could play. He could play a little bit. I mean, it's not like this guy doesn't have a football playing background. Some guys don't. Some guys don't have successful playing careers. Uh, being able to play at Penn and being an all Ivy League selection means something, and um, and he was that. So if he goes from Penn, um, stays on as an assistant director of football operations, and uh, probably in a GA type of role. Goes from there straight to Minnesota. So he goes to Minnesota, 2006, working with Brad Childress as an assistant to the head coach. He does that for three years. Obviously, a smart guy, somebody that they would value. Um, you know, as he learns the in and outs of the system, and probably specifically delved into uh, analytics, the number side of things, what made sense in situational football as an assistant to the head coach. It's kind of like if you guys are fans of The Office the uh, assistant to the GM. Anyway, um, he, he's, he clearly had a role that Childress valued. So Childress has done, um, you know, if you look at Minnesota's list of head coaches and who they've had in that process, they, they go from Childress uh, uh, 2006 to uh, 2010. Then comes Leslie Frazier, who's the current defensive coordinator uh, with, the, with the Buffalo Bills. He's there from 2010 to 2013, and in that time, Stefanski stays on. He stays with the staff, which is something that, you know, when we're going to talk about he survives another coaching change, a big thing for a coach to be able to be staff to staff to staff, not as a special teams guy, which is sort of an esoteric thing with a coaching staff, but uh, important positions. I mean, in 2010, he takes over as the assistant quarterbacks coach, does that for four years. Then he gets his own position. Um, when, when Mike Zimmer comes in in 2014, and Zimmer's the one who really starts to first believe in him and trust him. When through Childress and through Frazier, he's an assistant position coach, an assistant to the head coach. But then as you know, Mike Zimmer comes in, he survives three now head coaches, comes in, tight ends coach, 14 and 15, then goes to running backs coach, quarterbacks coach, 
2018, and then eventually at the end of 2018 is the interim offensive coordinator. So there's ways in which you guys can look at this. And this is sort of the big thing that I'm going to express to you, which is, you know, there are things to feel really good about with Stefanski, and then there are things to feel like I I need to see more. I need to um, make sure he's surrounded by the right people. That is is some of this here. He only really ran a position um, as a position coach for four-ish years, and then he gets promoted to an offensive coordinator role, and he obviously takes over that role late 2018 when former Browns offensive coordinator John DiFilippo was struggling takes over that role late in 2018. The Vikings obviously don't make the playoffs um, and then takes over the role full-time this year for his first time as a, a true, um, you know, caller of the, you know, an offense. So he's inexperienced uh, for, for, for what you might expect an assistant coach getting a first-time head coaching job would be. He's 37, uh, which is young. Obviously, not a ton of coaches get head coaching roles in their 30s, but he has to obviously be impressive in coaches uh, that have come in and kept him from coach to coach, three coaches in total there in Minnesota, had to feel like there was something about him that was valuable. Mike Zimmer obviously felt like he was valuable and wanted to give him an expanded role in the offense as a specific position coach where he could, you know, have a direct impact on people that he spent time with. And, and and where Stefanski really shined and what Cleveland likes most about him is his ability to get the most out of quarterbacks he's worked with in Minnesota. Obviously, he, he did uh, wonders for Case Keenum. Case Keenum had his career year, 22 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and that year Minnesota went to, um, you know, the NFC Championship game. Did wonders for him. Then they brought in Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins does some 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 things he hasn't done in his career, which was over 4,000 yards, over 70% completion percentage, 30 touchdowns, and just 10 interceptions a career year. And then he built on that year this year, although he wasn't the direct quarterback coach. As the offensive coordinator, he was able to work him into an even more efficient version of the 2018 um, Kirk Cousins, which was 2019, where he throws 307 of 444. So he throws um, almost 150 less attempts than he did in 2018. Um, 606 in 2018, he only throws 444 times, but they took chunk throws in there. So he throws for 3,603 yards, which is less than 4,300, but you got to look at the cut down in attempts. 26 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, much more efficient, a higher touchdown percentage, and a lower interception percentage. And then obviously you look at the yards per attempt went up by a full yard. The yards per catch went up by a full yard and a half. And uh, it was um, you know a much better overall efficiency year where he his, his quarterback rating uh, goes up from 99.7 to 107.4. And that's really what Stefanski did for Minnesota's offense. He gave them the identity that Rick Spielman did not think they had under John DiFilippo, which was you know they did not have a foundational play. We're going to interrupt this podcast to talk about Untuckit.com and the flat-out awesome shirts that they're offering, Blue Wire Podcast, and Browns Film Breakdown listeners. If you've ever worn a button-down untucked, you typically know that these things are way too long. They're built universally. They're not built for the right shapes and sizes, and they're certainly not meant to be worn untucked where the length becomes a problem. Well, Untuckit successfully has changed that rhetoric. Untuckit.com is the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. If that's your choice of uh, dress wear on the weekends or get-togethers or whatever, if you have to wear it for work every day, that's the way to go. No matter your shape or size, Untuckit shirts always fall to the perfect untucked length. More than 50 fit combinations, 
Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Untuck It does a great job of fitting even my boxy frame, and they'll do the same for you, I promise. Just go to untuckit.com. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. They're not limited to just specifically singular button-downs. With untuckit.com, your shirts will never be baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again, and their website's super easy. They even have a whole page devoted to help you find that fit that's custom for you. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift, looking to craft a smarter style, whatever it may be, Untuckit is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use that promo code BLUE, B-L-U-E, for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com, promo code BLUE. Get your 20% off. Back to Brown's Film Breakdown. And this builds to what I think he does best as a guy who Cleveland brings in, which is they they have a foundational play, which is simply wide zone. This comes from the Shanahan tree, which Kubiak comes from, which Kyle Shanahan comes from, which, you know, we'll talk about some other young coaches who might be potential um, coordinators that could work with him. But these guys love wide zone. They love the principle of wide zone, what it can do for a run game, the options in which a run play has three true paths to success. And then the beauty that is the deception that comes off that base play. But anyway, the you know the, the, the Vikings were able to completely overhaul their run game, make it a bigger part of what they do, cut down on, um, you know, like I said, Cousins attempts by 150 while winning 10 games. And that meant something because the effectiveness of, um, you know, their ability to push the football downfield is, is what's most important to pay attention to. Uh, they're under center quite a bit, which that's okay because you can give, you know, yourself situations where, um, you know, your run pass deception is really is really keen from an under center look. Not that they're afraid to get into the gun, and when they're forced to get into the gun, they do a really nice job of setting specific parameters for the quarterback, pushing the quarterback up in the shotgun a yard or so, which gives them, um, you know, a chance to, to really make sure. I think that what people don't talk about enough is how deep Baker Mayfield got in drops from the gun this past year. I think that that's something that probably needs to be discussed, but they do a really good job here with Kirk Cousins at putting him at four yards instead of the traditional five um, in shotgun and having him specifically hit target drops uh, depth and on, on drops in the in the pocket that give your tackles chances to to ride defenders upfield without impacting the quarterback. So I think that is something that will help Mayfield when he is put into the gun. And don't think that this is just an offense from Stefanski that is a successful offense based on play action. They do some really nice things out of the gun and uh, and create opportunities for uh, you know their 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 wide receivers. They they obviously didn't feed a ton of targets to their wide receivers. If you have 150 less pass attempts than the year before, you're going to see a, a massive cut in targets. But they were an overall way more efficient offense. And when you're able to do um, you know, what the Vikings were able to do on the ground, it, it alleviates some of the pressure. You know, Going for over 2,000 yards rushing uh, as a team, it alleviates some of the necess- necessity for throwing and forcing targets. So you know, the big part is that nobody in the NFL – I, I need to check the end-of-the-year stats, but I know at least through late in the year nobody had run more play action than the Vikings uh, had had you know, the ability to um, hold on to the football as long as they do, coming off boots, letting routes develop. I think that's a big thing, too, with this offense is uh, letting routes develop. You have two guys who are very good double-move route runners in Odell and, and Jarvis and have the ability to make defenders sort of lose, you know, where they are off of those double moves. The Browns' offense was so hurried from snap to throw this past year that I don't think that allowed them to do some of those things that they really like to do down the field, double move type stuff with two guys with very good cutting ability. They have that opportunity here 
in this offense. So I think it can be very good. And I think it does benefit, um, you know, Stefanski does a lot to benefit his offensive line. The Browns will be looking at two new tackles, potentially a new guard. So they're going to need to drill, rep, prep, everything about how they run their base play, the wide zone, and how they're going to prepare ways to break off of it. So Baker Mayfield will need to get comfortable under center. I think that's something he can do. I think it's something he can be good at. He's going to have to overhaul his boot mechanics, how he works play action. His ability to sit in and sell that play action will have to be something that he gets better at. I think a quarterback coach that can push him is something that Stefanski really has to go out and find. Cleaning up the mechanics, selling the play action has to be a big part of things for Baker. And really, you know, he doesn't come from an under center background, but it's something that you as a quarterback, and I think Mayfield's gotten more comfortable doing this in the NFL, obviously, than when he came out of Oklahoma. He's gotten more comfortable running this style, and it can really benefit him. His ability to to get out on the outside and make throws, he has a big arm, he can make all the throws downfield. I think that's something that gets overlooked is, uh, you know, some of the accuracy issues. But his deep ball accuracy was fine, in my opinion. And I think he can really throw deep shots downfield to some of these speedy receivers. And that's why I think the Browns will probably look to find another very fast wide receiver type um, in the draft of free agency that can stretch the field with Odell and Jarvis. But that, uh, that gets to the next point for, for, for Stefanski's offense. And I don't want to spend too much time on this offense because we're going to delve into that more with writing. But um, big usage of 12 personnel, getting two tight ends involved, big usage of uh, 21 personnel. That's going to be the biggest change. You're probably going to see the Browns sign and utilize a true fullback, something the Shanahan tree is a uh, a big believer in. I think you're going to see them maybe possibly pursue C.J. Ham, who's the Vikings uh, fullback who will be a restricted free agent, a very nice player. I think that they will do um, you know, more things with fullbacks in terms of you know, selling lead outside, doing little wrinkles, uh, play action off of it, uh, play action off of uh, a screen game that can go to fullbacks too. I think they'll want to get a fullback involved, and I think you will see a signing there. So that will make some beat writers happy. But they're uh, biggest jump between what the Browns did this year and what uh, what you know Stefanski did was he implemented the fullback and they used it a lot and that's like I said a big part of run game in this offense is how often they use a heavier third body whether that third body is a tight end or a fullback that is something you will see them use so from an offensive perspective there's plenty to be excited about here uh, with Stefanski he he he's only done it for 19 or so games. But I think that the system fits. So when they're talking to coaches, potential candidates, does the system fit? Can the guy work with quarterbacks? Can he get the most out of Baker Mayfield? Can Mayfield run this type of offense? Do our receivers run this style of offense? Does our running back like this style of offense? Can he thrive in this offense? All of those things are yeses. Is it is something that you can teach your offensive line, new guys, simplified? Yes. All of that makes sense. What we do not know, guys, are some of the auxiliary things that make a good head coach a good head coach, I guess is the way to put it. Does he delegate? Does he trust his staff? Does he give them the right support? Is he ego-driven or is he egoless? Does he listen to data? Does he not listen to data? All of those things seem to be in Stefanski's favor if you talk to people directly involved with Minnesota. Now, you pay attention to Twitter comments, whatever. Those are people that just want to complain about the playoff game and complain because a couple games didn't go well without looking at the big picture, which is Minnesota was a team dealing with no third receiver, dealing with a center that does not pass block well, a guard that straight out of the XFL. If you talk to people, they 
They had personnel deficiencies. Kirk Cousins, you can say what you want about him, but he had personnel deficiencies. He's not the best quarterback, and they got the most out of him. So, you know, you got to look. You take just sheer talent, you know, Cousins and Mayfield. I don't think it's particularly very close. Uh, Mayfield has a lot to learn to become a more efficient quarterback. But sheer talent-wise, you know, being able to utilize a quarterback with a live arm and, and more athletic, those things are there with Baker, uh, you know, if you compare him with Cousins. And then Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook, I think you can say, uh, are pretty similar in terms of their ability to run in this scheme. Nick Chubb just far more durable, probably has better vision. Not quite as explosive on the first step as Dalvin Cook, but certainly a guy who loves this scheme. His vision is, is, is ridiculously good, and uh, I think he can fit in really well with this scheme. So, uh, from like I said, from an offensive standpoint, it all made sense. And then from what I gather from people who have talked to him, or if you if you read up on reports of the interview process last year, I think you're going to come across a guy that people genuinely like, think he can do this job. Now, is he a leader of men? Can he get guys like Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Joel Batonio, those guys who have been here for a while, anchors, Miles Garrett, can he get those guys to respect him? I don't know. Um, you know, Miles and, and those guys have been around uh, a, a plethora of head coaches. Some come off as phony. I don't know. Maybe maybe, the, maybe this is the type of guy that they they need uh, a smart, cerebral guy that they can res- respect in that regard. And what players end up you know ultimately respect is if you make them better. If you give them opportunities to be better players, they will eventually um, you know respect that. And I think that's a big part of. Uh, things for Stefanski will be how does he get the players to buy into his system and believe what he's doing and believe in him as a leader because that will be a really important thing for a young head coach coming in to a really dysfunctional place that has little patience so that will be really the biggest challenge for Stefanski if you move on to the GM hire it seems to be down to two names Ed Dodds in Indianapolis the assistant GM who people really like I think the, the, the Indy does a great job with Chris Ballard, their GM, and their process and their alignment do a great job over there. And then Andrew Barry, who seems to be the, the, the leader in this whole thing, um, you know, over in, in, in Philadelphia coming back possibly to be the GM. I don't have a preference. I think either of those guys can do a good job. I think the Browns would be best suited to find the one that is as similar to the analytics-driven approach but also a nice blend of the true personnel and scouting approach. Um, we're just going to have to see. It seems as though uh, that's the biggest thing that this, this, this front office wanted, which was you know, they didn't want to give up and split up um, the vision for where this thing was going. They didn't want to divide between the head coach GM and the analytics side of things. They felt like that obviously would have been something that would have influenced things if Josh McDaniels was around. And Look, Josh could be a good head coach, but he's far from a slam dunk uh, in terms of other places are obviously as hesitant as Cleveland is to hire him. Uh, maybe he's still making demands that are uh, still a little crazy for for a place. It, it just doesn't make sense that nobody else has hired Josh. He's obviously not in a rush because he can stay with Tom Brady potentially in New England. He still gets paid a lot of money. He might be looking for a specific structure, but there's a reason somebody hasn't hired that guy by now, and um, I'm not sure what that is from the outside. I know some of you are disappointed he didn't get hired. I think he, he if they would have given him a shot, I would have been fine with it here. But there's some disconnect that's happening that I don't know about. Greg Sala, who, who uh, is with, sorry, Robert Sala, who's with San Francisco, would have been another name that I could have been okay with. 
um, defensive coordinator is working with a ton of talent there in San Francisco and doing a great job. Could have been fine with that route too. Ultimately, I don't blame the Browns for going the route they did. They want a guy who is offensive-focused, uh, a guy who can uh, you know, implement a system that's going to help this, this quarterback get back on track because, in my opinion, ultimately what drives the Browns to places you want them to go you know, a team playing in the playoffs, a team that can win playoff games, is the ability for Baker Mayfield to find success in an offense. If they get that from him, they have a chance to go places we haven't seen the Browns go in a long time. If they do not find that system, the right coaching, the right, you know, leadership uh, around Baker, then they will they will probably see him go at the end of his rookie contract because if he repeats the path he had last year, it cannot be sustainable success over the long haul. So I get where they're coming from. The coordinator hires with Stefanski will be vital. You know, are they able to poach somebody from the Shanahan tree of quarterback collective? If you've never heard of quarterback collective, it's a group of coaches who work with um, prospective young quarterbacks, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, all these guys who come from that tree of the Shanahan coaching tree. And it's it's there's a ton of people. Shane Waldron, the Rams pass game coordinator, Scott Turner, the Panthers quarterback coach, Jeremy Bates, who's an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Mike McDaniel is a name in the collective, and Mike LaFleur, both of which work with the 49ers. And then another name of a guy just let go from San Fran- or from Denver, which is Rich Scangarello. Those all of those guys could be hires that would make sense for this 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 team and this franchise right now to work hand in hand, implementing the system, working with Baker Mayfield, it all could make sense. Especially Scangarello, who's a free agent co- coach now. I thought Denver did a nice job with the talent that they had. I don't know the true reason for his firing. Um, they obviously brought in Pat Shermer. They must like the relationship Shermer could have with the quarterback, Drew Locke there. I don't know, but when the Browns played them and I watched, stumbled into Denver games, I thought it was a really well-coached offense that did some things extremely effectively despite talent deficiencies along the offensive line. And then when Joe Flacco was playing, and even young Drew Locke. Um, Mike McDaniel and Mike, and Mike LaFleur, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan will let those guys go unless he knows they are moving on to, to coach and specifically call a play. Um, that's something to pay attention to. McDaniel obviously has the connection as a wide receiver coach in Cleveland. He worked with Shanahan when Shanahan was calling plays in Cleveland. Mike LaFleur is the brother of Matt. Um, Shanahan actually blocked Mike going to Green Bay um, because he knew that Mike wouldn't be calling plays and Matt would. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that will work or if they'll let those guys out or if there's any connection. But it does seem as though um, you know, Steve Prefer has a, an opportunity to possibly stay here. Um, you know, he, he, he could probably be a, a connected uh, coach that, that would stay with the special teams uh, group. And then, and then George Edwards, who is the current Vikings defensive coordinator, uh, it was just let go of his contract. Or not, I think he just wasn't renewed, and he's also a free agent. You know, coach who could make sense. So the, 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 that hire there could kind of weld perfectly. And I think Edwards really wants to call plays. He would have that opportunity in Cleveland. They they obviously have some talent that, that can mesh with his system. I think he's got a connection to Stefanski. So that might be a, a, a structure that makes sense, kind of a Minnesota light there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Those guys have had a ton of success in Minnesota over the recent years and could make plenty of sense. I, I hope they pull Kubiak. I don't have an answer for that. Uh, you know, I don't have an answer for any of these coaches. I'm just throwing out names. If they could bring Gary Kubiak, if, they're, if, the, if the Vikings would let him out of it, who knows, that, that might be something that would be fantastic. I think that Stefanski can run that offense on his own now. Kind of any coach learns an offense from somebody else. They take it along. 
I think he could do it. But Kubiak coming along would be great because he has a plethora of experience in the coaching the offensive line and all that stuff. So um, we'll come back later and discuss some of the, the coordinating candidates as they sort of clear up. But Stefanski's the hire. Um, he's the guy. I, I know some of you might not love it, but we've loved the last two hires, the majority, and it hasn't worked out. So maybe this one does. Maybe the alignment of the front office, coaching staff, all of the above, being together uh, in an approach and a process is going to change some things. We don't know. I, I, I don't blame anybody for giving up faith. I don't blame anybody for being down about this. You can feel how you want to feel. I'm going to let it play out. I think they have some sharp minds involved in this whole thing. And I want to see it through, and I want to see what it looks like. It could be a disaster, um, you know, just as if hiring Josh McDaniels could have been a disaster too. But you hope the processes in place here work out, and um, you know, it's just a fingers crossed scenario. I, I'm of the of the ilk here to say, just show me wins. At the end of the day, that's all I want. Show me wins. I don't care who's coaching this team. Win football games. The free agency situation, the draft situation, will all be fascinating to watch. We'll delve into that as we go. Uh, but for now, they hired Stefanski. We have an answer at coach trying to give you guys the positives of, of, of what to look at here while also talking about what could be some potential pitfalls. This is not the last time we'll talk about him. We'll talk about specifics about Stefanski as we go through the offseason. And we'll try to get some Minnesota people on, too, to talk about who he is as a person. I would urge you to go look at the Minnesota website and search Stefanski's name. He, they give you a lot of access to him as a coach and who he is. And... Um, uh, you can get some really good insight about his philosophy, which is all great. You should go there and watch that stuff if you're interested. Very sharp guy. I think he might come away really impressed. So uh, we'll sign out for today. Uh, you know, the Browns have a new head coach, 18th. Maybe this will be the guy that sticks around for a while. I was looking at the Vikings, uh, you know, head coaching list, and they only have nine, including has 18. So I'm just hoping it works out. Fingers crossed. We'll see how it goes. Thanks again for the support, as usual. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, and appreciate you following along and liking and sharing and all that good stuff that you do. And then, um, you know, pay attention to the OBR. I'm going to have a four-part uh, piece on Stefanski and his offense coming out so you have a good feel for what his offense looks like, how it can benefit the Browns, all of that, all of that fun stuff. And then we'll continue, like I said, to talk to Minnesota people. So thanks for listening to Browns Phone Breakdown. Always appreciate you guys tuning in. And as usual, we'll sign off with Go Browns. Go Browns.